You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. As Christians, we have a responsibility to submit to civil government. Know more about this message by Pastor John Del Rosario. We are starting a new series today. It is called Authentic. Can you say Authentic? Authentic. For some reason, Filipinos have an affinity with this authentic because we know what authentic is and we are very, very familiar, very familiar with what it isn't. Okay? Authentic. Um, we are, this is a series um, from the book of Romans. Let me tell you very quickly about Romans. Romans this is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um, the Apostle Paul, this is one of his systematic theologies. If there were a book in the Bible that is packed with the most gunpowder, that is ready to explode, this is it. The book of Romans. It has 16 chapters. Uh, chapters 1 to 11, expertly, scholarly, laying down the gospel. Okay? And he starts with the bad news, the depravity of man, and then just makes the point very clear, without God intervening, we would all be hell-bound. But there's good news. God, this God of justice, and this is also a God of love and rich mercy. Because of His mercy, Jesus came to accomplish what we could not do. And all of those, chapters 1 to 11, it's glorious. If you, if you ever have time to read it, I pray that you would read it. If you could read it in a group, all the better. But starting from, verse, uh, from chapter 12, having discussed all of these things, chapter 12 actually starts with this verse, in light of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, right? reminding ourselves of what we have discussed from, from chapters 1 to 11. In light of the gospel, the bad news and the good news, this is how we are to live. So this, our series, Authentic, is to tell us how Christians are supposed to live. How our lives are supposed to be marked with lives of love and gratitude to what Jesus had done for us. Just to give us a, a handle on this series, I'm sure you could relate with me. You have been given somewhat of a, a signature shirt. You know what a signature shirt is? It looks real, and you're hoping, you're praying that it is real. Okay? So I, I, I wore it, okay? I wore it, and then over time, I, I, I was able to wear it, budget it. Over a period of, uh, of a month, parang paliit siya ng paliit. Okay? So it's either you're gaining, or, uh, which I didn't want to believe, in denial pa rin, okay? I was thinking that the shirt was shrinking. Okay? And then I, I, I had it laundered right? uh, in the laundry. I got so surprised. You know how it is when you find small things? Oh, yung cute, it's a small Bible. Oh, yung cute, it's a small, ano, whatever it is, it's cute. Okay? But then when I opened it, it's, oh, cute, it's a nice shirt. I have a shirt like this, but bigger. Wait a minute, this is my shirt. Okay? Parang ganito yung nangyari. Have you ever experienced this? Parang naging pang stuff toy. Okay? And then you checked, you checked, this, baka hindi to tunay ah. You think? You think? Of course it's not, it's not authentic. Upon closer inspection, you would find that it isn't the real thing. Some of you have been given, a friend of mine have been given a turtleneck. Hello, a turtleneck? Why would you give a turtleneck here in the Philippines? It's so warm. It's 50 degrees outside. It's probably maybe why it was given to him. Okay? Turtleneck, um, it became like this. <laughs> There was a, a sudden temperature change when you put it in a, 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 a spinner and there's cold water and then it goes on to dry with hot air and then it, this happens. Okay? And this, is, this was supposed to be from Zara. Okay? Pwede bang izole? Because it's, it's obviously not authentic. It happens to watches as well. Okay? Watches, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Now, there's, there's a certain uh, thing that happens with... Um, uh, with leather or uh, semi or 
pseudo leather stuff it's called distressed a distressed look yung parang ano parang uh, dinaanan ng kotse or parang ganun di ba there's a certain uh, rugged manly feel to it they really go for quite a value but then again why spend so much for that because this happens with fake watches as well okay uh, some some of these fake watches they they have a very nice distressed feel but it'll, it'll only last for a week why? Because it's not really distressed. It's disintegrating. Okay? A lot of people are saying, wow, nice, nice. Anyan, distressed look she. Okay? Distressed. You stick to that story for one week because by next week it would have already been gone. Okay? It's all gone. It happens with watches and it happens over a long period of time. Or sometimes when you subject it to sudden uh, changes. Our series tells that Christianity works this way as well. A lot of people who claim to be Christians, a lot of people claim that they are truly believers of Jesus, followers of Jesus, they claim this thing. I mean, they act the part. They know the terms. They know the actions. When you come to worship, when you come to dominion, you cry, cry, you cry, pag mabilis ang kanta, pagulong-gulong ka pa dyan. You know what Christians do. You do it. It is so easy to look Christian. Speaking, Christianese. Is Christianese... Uh, you don't even talk Tagalog or English anymore. It's Christianese. How are you? Blessed. How's the food? Anointed. Where you like it? Truly, truly, I tell you. It's, it's, nakakagigil, di ba? Parang, oh, wag yun yung inu-notes nyo. Okay? Yun nga yung iiwasan natin, eh, di ba? Ang ganda ng, ng movie. Amen? Parang, come on, just drop it. Di ba? It's so easy to pretend and sound and look Christian in this place. But let me tell you, the church, this church, this is the easiest, easiest place to pretend. It's so easy for you to put up a front that you are this. You are the holiest person. They'll never know what you surfed on the internet last night. It is so easy to pretend. But here's the thing. When you get to, get to know one of these Christians, Hallelujah, brother! So religious. Spend time with them. You get to spend... Uh, you, you, you celebrate life with them. Okay? The more time that you get to know this person, the more time that you get to know this person. Okay? And when you spend time with this person, there will be times that you will, you will experience sudden changes. Okay? In, uh, sometimes it's happy, happy, joy, joy, and then something happens. Okay? Maybe a brush with the authorities or something that's bad. And a lot of times, it's hallelujah, brother. It's not going to be coming from his mouth. He's going to be found out. He's going to be exposed. God is sovereign in that He is able to expose these kinds of things in creative ways. And for us, embarrassing ones. So truly, this is what this series is all about. If you are a Christian, what should be marking your life? How should we be thinking? How should we be looking? How should others view us as Christian? How can we be so sure that our faith is authentic? Could you turn to your neighbor and say, Uya, wag mo wala, kailangan mo to. Balikan mo, kau kaya. Okay? So uh, let me tell you the series, the topic we're going to be discussing today: submission to authority. Okay, looking at your faces, this is your favorite. Okay, and next, loving your neighbor. How does that look like? Are you an integral part of society? If you get raptured tomorrow, will society miss you? Do you have healthy relationships with other other people, or are you, are you too rough? Are you too too sensitive? Can't you keep friends? Are you attractive as a Christian? 
Week three, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about helping the weak of faith. Are you part of a church community or are just a part of an audience? Week four, serve the lost. Are you convinced so much about the gospel that you cannot contain yourself and you need to speak up about this Jesus who saved your soul? Or is this not just for you? I think this is helpful for us. Don't you agree? Thank you for you too. Okay. <laughs> I hope that it is, uh, that is something that you would find uh, uh, very practical, very helpful for us as we continue walking with God in Christianity. If you want to take a view on it, with, uh, on, a, on the attack of responsibility. This week, we'll be talking about our responsibility to government. Yes, as Christians, we have a responsibility to be part, to be living the life in our nation, to be involved in politics. Week two, responsibility to neighbors. Week three, to the week of faith in our church community. Week four, to the lost. Weeks two, three, and four is actually what Jesus is passionate about. He's passionate about the last, the least, and the lost. We'll be talking about that um, in this series. This week, week one, submitting to authority. What we'll be reading from uh, Romans 13, verses 1 till 7, but let me tell you first, the, 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 the phrase governing authorities is actually applicable to all authorities set forth by God, namely parents, okay, employers, the government officials, and church leaders. But for our purposes today, we'll be focusing on civil government. Let me tell you about this, this uh, phrase, common grace. Can you say common grace? common grace? Common grace is God being good to man, especially when man is undeserving of it. Uh, Matthew 5 tells us that God allows the sun to shine on both the righteous and the unrighteous. He lets the rain come down on both the just and the unjust. Think about rain. It's water falling from the sky. Even if you say that you're an atheist, you've got to come to the conclusion that if there is a God, He's a good God because water that makes things flourish, that cleanses things with water, life flourishes, it comes from the sky. It's free, free for all. This, this God is a good God, if there is a God. Atheists would come to this conclusion. That's common grace. Um, Acts 14, verse 17 says, If you have gladness in your heart, if you're able to share, to share a good laugh, a hearty laugh, you don't have to be a Christian to do that. You're able to celebrate loyal friendships, good relationships. That's common grace. Even if you're not a Christian, you're able to do this. There's food as well. I think it's just so thoughtful of God to, to invent the different kinds of tastes and taste buds in our mouth. God could have just grown trees with small tablets as fruits. That's vitamin B, vitamin A, vitamin C. Okay, and then you okay, gather the family and just, okay, let's say grace. Lord, thank you for our food in Jesus' name. Amen. Or one, two, three. Go back to work. Go back to your studies. But Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I think it's just so amazing that God invented taste and flavors and people with, with uh, curiosity and, and inquisitiveness, they become cooks and chefs. That they would make the food that you would like to eat and make life so much more delightful. That's common grace. There's also Romans 2 tells us of the conscience as well, our moral compass. Your conscience, if you've ever felt the need to apologize to somebody, if you've ever felt holding yourself back from doing something because you, you say that it's bad, that's conscience working for you and that is Common grace. This thing that we're going to be discussing today, government, works with common grace. Government is, is God's gift for us. Have you ever tried, when you were younger, or maybe not, maybe you've done this the past week, have you ever played the if I were invisible game? Right? If you were invisible, what would you do? 
Hey, think about it. It's a rhetorical question. Think about it. What would you do? For kids, uh, it's, it's probably a good exercise so that they can, ex- so that they can uh, practice and move in their creativity. But here's another thing. It exposes our wickedness, doesn't it? It exposes our wickedness. Some of you are probably thinking, if I were invisible, I'd walk in the, uh, the Audi uh, car dealership and I would drive uh, 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 one of those cars away. That's exactly why government has been given to us by God as a gift. It creates borders for the wickedness that we are prone to, to move in. It is in our hearts. Without government, if there were no governing authorities, there will be anarchy. They don't uh, recognize government. And if you've seen The Dark Knight Rises, yung si, si Bane, yung may ganon, he, he coaxes people to, to not recognize the government and there was looting, there was rioting, and there was uh, immorality. That is what can happen if there were no government. So I pray that even before we start with what we're going to be discussing today, we're going to be doing a lot of work, that you would see government from this, this kind of light. That government is a gift. Are you seeing this? Government is a gift from God. But we have a problem. It's an elephant in the room, and we're going to be identifying that elephant in the room as we go on our time together today. Government. It puts parameters around um, how wicked we are trying to operate. Think about this. You go to a grocery, get everything that you, that you need, and when you're already at the counter, takbo! Biglang takbo ka. What do you think will happen? They are trying to deter you from sinful things. Government is doing this. Okay? Of, of course, in the government, yung, yung, ano, yung grocery, but like, like we said kanina, diba? governing authorities in the passage we're going to be reading covers all kinds of authority, even in the private sector. The government is to safeguard community against sin. The government is to safeguard the community against sin. But we have a problem. Government is run by people. And, and sin originates from the heart of man. There's your problem. The very agent that is to safeguard community from sin is itself tainted by sin because it is run by people. Are, are, you, are you following me? There's our problem. So, a lot of our questions revolve around this. So, paano na? How are we to view civil government? Are we to tolerate the accepted bureaucratic malpractices? What are we to do with that? Are we to submit to the laws of the land absolutely without question? Or is there a limit? Are these your questions today? If these are your questions today and you're wanting answers to that, could I invite you to stand on your feet? And we'll read from the Word of God. We'll read from Romans 13, verses 1 till 7. Verse 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Like I said, governing authorities is all authorities, but for our talk today, we'll be talking about civil government. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant. Can you say servant? He is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. Continuing with verse 4, For he is the servant of God. Government is. An avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. 
Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Lastly, verses 6 and 7, For because of this, you are also to pay taxes for the authorities or ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have uh, given us sound minds and hearts that are concerned for society. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are able to speak even through weak words like mine to teach us today about how we are to go about as Christians, light of the world, in such a corrupt, sinful, broken world like we have around us. God, would you give us minds to understand and hearts to receive so that we may live lives worthy of your gospel. It will be profitable for us, beneficial for the community, and you will receive all glory. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What we have just read, let me present a biblical premise, a statement of sorts about what we have just read. All governing authority has been instituted by God. And when we think about governing authorities, there are many kinds of authorities. You're probably exposed. Even if you don't have cable and are not exposed to what are happening all over the world, you would say that there's a problem here. Governing authority, even here in our barangays, even here in in our small units of, of authority, we have problems. Well, if you have CNN and BBC, you would see that that is a worldwide pandemic because government is run by people. But what we have just read, it says that God has appointed and uses governments and authorities to accomplish His will in the world. This is how powerful God is. In Daniel 2, verse 21, it says, God changes times and seasons. This is how powerful God is. When you read of this verse, you're probably thinking, wow, He's that powerful? I never thought that that He'd... He was the one who instituted that. Who Who else would? He's the one who changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings, believing and unbelieving kings alike. He gives wisdom to the wise. If there are people that you think are wise, Stephen Hawking or Charles Dawkins, whoever is, um, some, some are people who are wise and intelligent and they're using that wisdom given to them by God to prove that there is no God. How ironic is that? All of that wisdom is coming from God. And he, it results in glory for him. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. The, the, the King James Version in First Thessalonians says, We have been given sound minds, and that is a blessing from God. If you are, if you are making sense of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, okay, that is a sound mind given to us by God. And we are to celebrate in this. To prove this, let me tell you about Cyrus. Cyrus the Great, he appears in the Bible. Um, he is a, an unbelieving king for all that we know. He, is, he remained an unbelieving king. Isaiah 44 verse 28, the Lord says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd. Shepherd, the Hebrew word there is roughly the word that you would use for pastor. He's not even a, a believer. And he shall fulfill all my purpose. If you would know of the story of, of uh, how Israel was was, uh, was so steeped in pride. And the Lord used other people, King Nebuchadnezzar of Mesopotamia, to conquer Israel. And he brought the, the, the cream of the crop back to Babylon. Right? See, see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Seventy years they were exiled. And God used this king 
to conquer Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon and set free the Jews so that they can go back to Israel. He used a non-believing king to accomplish his purposes. This guy is Nebuchadnezzar. If you want to read more about him, he's a, that's his statue. And if you, if you know of the story of Daniel, they were the cream of the crop from all of the, all of the people uh, in, in captivity. He wanted them to kneel down to a, a figure. A lot of archaeologists would say and scholars that it was a figure of himself. So this is probably how the figure looks like. Okay, Jeremiah 27 verse 6 recalls what happens. Now I have given all these lands into the land of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. His servant, he's, he isn't even, even a believer. Before the end of Daniel, he became a believer. But at this time, as Jeremiah was a, a contemporary, he wasn't a believer even. And I have given him also the beasts of the field to serve him. I have made him rich so that he would have the resources to conquer Israel because I'm wanting to test and discipline and develop Israel. This is our sovereign God. This is Pharaoh. This is uh, Thutmose II who is archaeologically probably the, the Pharaoh around the time of Exodus. Romans 9, 17 to 18 says, The scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up. God raised Pharaoh up. You know how terrible Pharaoh was? That I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. And verse 18 is amazing. So that he has mercy on whomever he wills and he hardens whomever he wills. Anything that he wants to do, he can do. And in past history, we see that this is so. Pilate as well, the Roman governor in the time of Jesus John 19, verses 10 and 11, this is a conversation between them. Pilate said to Jesus, You will not speak to me? Do you know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Verse 11 says, Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. So you read that again. Jesus does not refute the authority that he has. You have authority. My Father in heaven gave you that authority to fulfill His purpose. What I'm doing has purpose. Our God is a big God. Amen. He is a sovereign God. How did that turtle get on top of the pole? Could you listen to him? He's like one of the, one of the Caesars, the emperors in Rome. Look at what I have done. I have done this with a lot of work and a lot of, uh, a lot of sacrifices, blood, sweat, and tears. Now you treat me as God. Really? You're not able to do that. Someone placed you there. This is exactly the point of God. Anybody in the history of the world, Hitler, Mussolini, Saddam Hussein, you know what happened to them. God placed them there. He raised them so that his name can be exalted when he punishes their their sins and brings them down. This is exactly what happens to the Caesars, to the emperors in Rome, and to all of the tyrants that you could recall. They're really dogs on a leash. They aren't able to do anything that God doesn't allow them to do. And I guarantee you, this will never happen. God will never say, wait, 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 that's not my plan, that's not my plan. That will never, never happen. Proverbs 21, verse 1. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. And you could, you could almost imagine it, steering it wherever he wants. He wants to water that plant over there. He wants to do it over he turns it wherever he will. 
This is our sovereign God. He holds the hearts of kings in His hand. Nothing happens without His sovereign, merciful allowing of things to happen. History is His story. So the question is, why have dogs in the first place? Why have dogs at all? Why not just do away with tyrants and kill them all? He will. He will. Hey, again, Benito Mussolini and uh, uh, Adolf Hitler, Muammar Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein, they've had their time in the sun. They've had their time of, of fame and influence and affluence. And you know what happened to them. Even their own people brought them down in terrible, ter- terrible uh, executions when their purpose has been served. So whatever you're looking at, you're probably looking at North Korea and the ISIS and whoever else. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. They're accomplishing something. They're accomplishing something in the spirit for the church to get stirred up and move and advance forcefully the kingdom of God in that region. Makes us here in, an, in a faraway region more prayerful, more aware of the heavenlies and the spiritual as well. God is doing this for a purpose. At micro level, we cannot understand this. Because all that we really understand are the things that are happening in the past, what, a few months, a few years? Right? If you ever think of, uh, of, of a, a painting or a picture, and then you put your eyes smack right inches away from it, so what do you see? I can't see it. It's too close. That's what, that's what our problem is. We are too close to where we are in time and space. We are not able to exclude ourselves from time and space like God can. Because God invented time and space. And He's outside of time and space. He sees the beginning and the end. That's why He's the Alpha and the Omega. To Him, I guarantee you perfectly, all of these things makes perfect sense to God. To our minds, it's obvious why we are frustrated. But that, that's, that's why we have faith. We may not know what tomorrow brings, but we know who holds tomorrow. And he says, I see the past, I see the future. All of these things, not one strand of hair will fall from your head without me knowing it. He does not relinquish control. This God we serve, we worshiping, this God's a great God. Amen. Let me say this, God is doing more than you know. And this, this God is a good God. He's, a lot of us have entertained, if you're honest, where is God? Nasaan ka na? Ginagawa mo ba ito lahat? Ba't hindi ako nakakuha ng taxi? Di ba? Small things like that. Di ba? But there are bigger things in the world. There's nothing so small by which we can glorify God saying He's doing something big here. Then, and there's nothing so big that we can entrust to God by which we can worship Him as well. God is doing more than we know, more than we realize. In your situation, you're probably going through something, not minimizing that. But I pray that grace would be sufficient for you to hold on because God is more involved in your situation than you realize. God is more in control in that situation than you think. Grace is sufficient. We don't have all the answers. But that's what you expect when you worship an infinite God, doesn't it? There are things that He understands that we don't. But we understand enough. We see enough in His gospel to say, this guy's a good God. He is for me. I can trust Him in the things that I cannot understand. Again, the biblical premise, all governing authority has been instituted by God. Let me bring you to, it's really just the, the two points, biblical premise and the biblical response. What's in it for us? How, how are we to respond? Right? Christians are to submit, say submit. We are to submit, to honor, to acknowledge 
all governing authority. Let me say this. From this, we are saying the greatest likelihood that you have of living a life of peace and, and, and favor from those who rule over us is to live a godly life. If you ever want to have peace and order in your life, the best chance that you have, the best bet that we have, live a godly life to acknowledge and respect and submit to governing authority, to civil authority. Again, just to review, why do we submit to authorities? We submit to authorities because it is right. Romans 13, verses 1 and 4. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. He is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Okay? We, we Christians, Paul is appealing that we should be law-abiding citizens, participating in the life of the nation, and obedient to the laws of the nation. And the government, their job description is to be a servant of God. They are on your side, on our side. Whenever push comes to shove, whenever you need it, here in the Philippines, you, you dial 117, like uh, the, the, the uh, U.S. is uh, 911, they will come to your rescue. Because it is right. Because the government is for you as God's minister, God's servant. Next, we submit to authorities because it is wise. It's wise. Whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? If you will not be subject to the government, you will be the target of government. This is what it's saying. You don't want to be the target of government. You want to be a subject to government. For example, in, in, in Skyway, uh, 100, 100 kilometers per hour is the speed limit, right? Am I, am I right? Okay, get it 100. Someone who is going 130 in 100 has less peace than someone who is doing 90 or 100. Okay? If, this, if this person would see an MMDA officer, suddenly, biglang aaria siya, biglang pipreno, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, relax, 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 don't make eye contact. You, you don't have much peace. But this person who's just driving 90 or 100, when you see an MMDA officer, you just say, okay, just move on, carry on. You're living with so much peace, okay? living with far less stress. Um, so, so if you really want to be subject to the government, if you really want to honor the government, stop driving like it's a video game, and then, you may, and then you, nobody will ever stop you by saying, you're doing, you're doing 90. Someone stop, stop. Sir, I just want to commend you. You're, doing, uh, you're, you're driving under the limit. Good job. Okay, you may... They don't do that. They won't do There's no need for you to be vigilant. No need for you to, afra- to be afraid if you are respecting the laws of the land. People who are embezzlers, they are technically thieves. They're doing something that is, can be qualified as illegal. I mean, how can you sleep at night? It's because of this. Probably getting a lot of money, you're able to, do, to buy whatever you want. You, you, you're probably able to, to buy those tem- Tempur-Pedic beds. You... You have a nice bed, but you can't get no sleep. It's because you're going against God's agent. You don't want to be a target of God's government. You want to be subject to it because it is wise. It is right, it is wise, and we submit authorities because it is fair. And we get that clue in verses 6 and 7. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God. 
he, here's the thing. Um, when we have a sovereign God, a lot of us think that there's a, there's a division between the sacred and the secular. We're all sacred here. Everyone out there is secular. Okay? I mean, that could be very helpful when, maybe when it comes to music. Chris Tomlin is sacred and then the Justin Bieber is secular. But when we talk about a holy God, a sovereign God, there is no secular and sacred. He's over all. Okay? He is over all. So, Christians or none, right? people in authority in church and in government, they are all anointed, appointed by God. The, their, their only difference is in the function. Right? If you're a victory group leader, you are a minister of the gospel. Right? We are ministers as well. But if you remember in the time of Marcos, it was in the Department of Defense. Right? You call this in the monarchy. It is a, what do you call it? Ministry of Defense. It's a, it's a, it's a minister of defense. A minister is a civil servant. Appointed, anointed by God. There is no secular and sacred to a sovereign God. That's why we pay taxes. And Jesus alludes to this in Matthew 22 when he was tested. Jesus acknowledges and submits to authority. You remember the story. He was asked, is it right to pay the taxes to Caesar? Um, could you give me that coin that, is, that we are to pay for the tax, the denarius? Whose image is in there? Okay, that's Caesar. So render to Caesar's what is to Caesar's. Render to the Lord what is the Lord's. He was basically saying, give your taxes, give your tithes. Don't, don't consider those as expenditures. They are not stealing. The church is not stealing when you give off your tithe. In the same way that the government is not stealing when you give off your taxes. Because they had been instituted by God, appointed, anointed by God. He had determined for it to work in this way. We'll talk about the elephant in the room now. And we've been talking about this, and you know that you know that this is going on. You and I are aware of this, and it will be ir- irrelevant if we do not talk about this very briefly. This is not honorable payment. This is not paying for anything. You know what's going on here. Filipinos are asking, Christians are asking, eh, paano na? Paano na kung ganyan? How? 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 We are always great at how. Give, me, give it to me. I think it's part of our history when we're so used to being spoon-fed. Let me ask you the question. What does the Word of God say? What does the Word of God say when we're faced with this particular situation? When we're tempted to disobey, we, I have a, couple of, a few guidelines for us to consider. Guidelines to go by, perhaps a grid to see our situation through. One, let's own up to our personal wrongdoing. Let's own up if there's a sin, if there's a wrongdoing, if there's a shortcoming to civil government. You be man enough, you be Christian enough, you be follower of Jesus enough to acknowledge and say, I'll own up to that, I beat the red light. 100, I was doing 190. You own up to that. Proverbs 28 verse 13, let's consider this. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Pay your fine. Pay your fine. As worship unto God. Despite the inconvenience that it presents, be man enough and Christian enough to admit your sin. Despite the fact that probably chances, opportunities will subtly be given to you to bribe, you take the high road. God can see. I appeal to you as Filipinos. We are citizens of heaven and it manifests in ways that we are to be good citizens of this, of this nation. 
let's keep the speed limit. Let's us worship to God. And then late na ako eh. A mark of a Christian should be that of self-discipline and self-control. Rather than have time controlling you, you control time. Be old school. Buy an alarm clock. One of those noisy ones. If you keep snoozing your phone, a Christian, a disciple's mark is to have discipline. Own up to personal wrongdoing. Next, fulfill all legal responsibilities. In Philippians 2, 14 and 15, this is very relevant to us. Do all things without grumbling or questioning. I think this is one of our pastimes as Filipinos. We grumble. You're in the near the equator. It's traffic naman lagi. Hello, welcome to the Philippines. It's traffic everywhere. Okay? Do all things without grumbling or questioning. That you may be blameless. Say blameless. Blameless in front of other people. Okay? When they say, I, I don't know if there's, a, if there's a God, but if there is, that guy knows him. What he's doing, going through the, the, the process, that's not normal. Be that, be that person. Be salt of the earth. Be light of the world that way. Blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. I told you this was relevant. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. Let's not look for shortcuts to bypass the, the, the normal process. As Filipinos, as Christians. And dito nanggagaling, this, this motivation is where up, one-upmanship comes in eh. Yung mga singit-singit. Yung ang, ang tinutinu ng mga lampila ng mga kababayan natin, biglang sa, sa ipas, biglang gaganon ka to, sisingit ka ng ganon. This is exactly where it's coming from. If we live in a, a, a life of, of, of more discipline, of more self-control, we're able to control our time, we have more things under our, our control and manage it, steward it in worship to God. Not make things up at the detriment, at the expense of our Filipino countrymen. Fulfill all legal responsibilities. Own up to personal wrongdoing. Okay? Don't, it's very convenient to just give in to that offer. It's just a hundred bucks. No one will ever see. God will understand. Are you sure about that? Okay? Fulfill all legal responsibilities. Be above reproach in everything. I mean, dot the I's, cross the T's. Still, you know the bureaucratic process. I mean, the people in the rank and file. I mean, it, it, it's something that is real. I'm not, I'm not lobbying things so that pe- people can get hit. It's, this is real. Hey, this is what we're experiencing. Appeal to the law. What law am I talking about? Well, the loss of the land. Hey, these are two things. Especially if you're being victimized by extortion. They're making it so hard for you. Appeal to the law. And here's another thing that you can appeal to. We call ourselves a Christian nation. That's something that you can appeal to. Appeal to the truth of Scripture. And by that, you're appealing to His conscience as well. And see what God does. And see what happens. Appeal to the law. Um, if you want a, a Bible verses for that, John 18, 23, Jesus appealed to the law saying, If you think what I said was wrong, bear witness about the wrong. If I am right, why strike me? He's appealing to the law. We can do the same. In Acts 22, verse 25, he's in the many times, the five, six, seven times that the Apostle Paul was being flogged and beaten up, even as a Roman citizen. He, he's, he's saying something like, surely there must be a law against this. I am a Roman citizen. I've been uncondemned and you're beating me up. Appeal to the law. We can do this. Appeal to the law. Appeal to scripture. Appeal to conscience. 
Okay? Ito na yung medyo mahirap and this is where it gets tricky. When your hands are tied. When your hands are tied and they're really making it hard for you. Sadly, flesh, the flesh of, of, of man uh, that, that, that wants to oppose God, it's very crafty. And it manifests itself in very, uh, in, in, in very corrupt, very unchristian uh, thinking in, in ways and procedures. There is no clear guideline when it comes to this, but can be treated on a case-by-case basis. Okay? When you're being victimized by extortion and you have perishable goods that hindi mo malabas, okay? the best thing that you can do is to le- seek legal and godly counsel. Okay? And Proverbs 15, verse 22, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. So where, are you, where am I going to, to get these kinds of advisors? I don't know of any advisors. Uh, have you heard of a victory group? A victory group is one of the best ways that you can get connected to people. Not necessarily them, but they know people who are willing to help and talk with you about these things. Okay? And these people have been trained, released to do these things in a biblical manner that if there are things that they're not able to handle themselves, they bring it to the pastor. And if the pastor is not able to help himself, probably the pastor is able to help you. Connect to other person who might be able to help you legally and godly. There are many inspiring godly civil servants that are serving with us here in church. There is a way. Okay? In, in 2 Corinthians, it says, God will not allow temptation to come upon you, which is not common to man. There is a way to stand up under it and, and, and get out of it. Case by case. Hopefully, this is helpful for you. And uh, this is the best that we can do, lest we go into, into tricky situations. But let me assure you, you're, you're probably thinking, okay, th- that's probably helpful, but man, we are, things are really broken. The Bible tells us this. Sin has fractured the world. And when, when someone gets fractured, you can't even bear to look at it. This is where we are right now. And God is doing something. And let me assure you again, remember this, this will never happen. Despite you thinking, the government is running wild, it's... It's God is not in control anymore. God is still in control. This is not happening despite you thinking that it is. Because there's one point in human history when people are thinking, surely God is no longer in control. You would remember this. A lot of people are saying, surely He is the promised Messiah. The way that He heals, the way that He teaches, He has so much authority, He has so, so much charisma, He has magical power. Surely He is from God. Until he dies. Man, what a, what a bad waste of a life. He was a good man. Surely God's hand is off of this now. Surely God had been overpowered by evil forces. But we know what happened. Three days later, we see that God never relinquished control. You see this? He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was allowing to happen because it is fulfilling a purpose. But one day in the future, one day, right? we can't see it in the, in the natural, but in the spiritual, you know that it, it will be happening. Whatever our situation as a nation, Sunday, Resurrection Sunday will happen. Our faith is because of the gospel. God never relinquishes control. Jesus reigns.
over all. He has all dominion. When I say all, all, absolutely all, nothing happens without his, his sovereign go. And our assurance is that in the gospel we see and we are convinced that he is good. Isaiah 6 verse 1. This is one of the tallest um, statues, not that we're, we're promoting statues, but this is one of the tallest statues in Poland uh, of Christus Panko, uh, Pantokrator. It's be, even bigger than the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro. Isaiah 6 verse 1. Here's the, here's, the, here's the deal. In Isaiah, there had been good kings and bad kings, good kings and bad kings. It's a pattern. Okay? Sometimes two good kings and then sometimes three bad kings. And Uzziah, okay? Uzziah was generally a good king. But the way that he died, he, he went against what God is wanting for a king, uh, for just what a king is doing. He went into what the, what the priests are doing in disobedience to God. So he came down with leprosy and then he, he died of it. And Isaiah, among all people, was so, what will happen now? What if the next king will not be as good as King Uzziah? We are doomed. And then God gave him this vision. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. Let me, t- let me tell you, regardless of who is sitting there, I mean, we Christians, we need to, to, to be part of what, what, the, what, what is happening in our nation. When we vote, we vote. That is our voice. That is our, our, our responsibility as Filipinos. But whoever is seated there, Christians or none, the minute that, you, that your, your idea of sovereignty, of rulership over a nation terminates on whoever sits in Malacanang, we are doomed. We need to look higher up. Whoever is seated there, God is in control. Jesus is in control. There are many things that you hear in the campaigns. This is what I'm going to do. And God overrides. God overrules. None of those things happen. It still works out for the good of the society. Lastly, Isaiah 33 verse 22. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. And he will save us. This is where we base our judicial, our legislative, and our executive God is our law. Jesus is our king. My main point today, honoring authority honors God. It comes from a heart of a Christian that is, that is convinced that after all that he's heard, he can keep calm because God is in control. God is in control. Amen. All right. As, as, as by way of, um, of application, Here's, God is worthy of blessing and honor. We're singing that. We read that from Scripture. But by way of honoring God, by blessing Him and honoring Him, we are to bless and honor those whom He has put in places of authority as well. Very quickly, let me tell you about the honor principle. A lot of people are probably um, engaging in things that, are, uh, uh, that would constitute rhetoric. You know what rhetoric is? Rhetoric is useless gossip that you're texting and you're ranting on the Facebook that is not accomplishing anything. We as Christians, we as Filipinos, we don't engage in that thing. What you do is you honor. Can you say honor? We honor. You do not engage. You do not condone any, any talk like that in your offices, in your workplaces, in your homes. You stop that. And we might not respect the political position, but we respect the position. Let us not get involved in ranting, in gossiping, in rhetoric. But when we talk, we find a strength. And then we speak. We bless. We initiate prayer. 
when you are given the opportunity to speak to one of your barangay captains or your senators or your whatever it is. You don't you celebrate you when you honor you summon the potential. You honor when you honor is you call out the potential. You identify what is potential and speak into it. And and anybody who's been speak spoken to like that will will say Thank you. Okay, I've been energized and something, the, 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 the Holy Spirit of God does something in those moments when Christians like you and me, given the opportunity, would step out and use that opportunity to bless. And lastly, instead of doing those things, we are to pray. Say pray. First Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life godly and dignified in this way. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.